0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.
1: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is
0: designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number 1 in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mup Delivery, bringing you the food you love.
1: Hello and welcome to the preview show edition of the Blue Monday podcast, a three times weekly show looking into all things Ipswich Town. I'm your host, Richard Woodward, and I'm delighted to welcome back the brilliant Harry from Bath. Harry, how's it going? It's been a long time.
3: Great to see you Rich, yes indeed, two whole weeks and we've had the Republic of Ireland International's key- team to keep us entertained for the last fortnight and uh, that was pretty riveting stuff. I must, I must, may I, I say at an early stage how utterly luminous you're looking today? <laughs> Is there any particular
1: reason for this? I, um, I bought this about a year ago and haven't worn it, um, yeah. so that's number one, I had to cut the tag yeah. out of it, um, yeah. I, I think I made a promise to someone, I can't remember who it was, that as soon as Ipswich got their first win, I would mark it. In some fashion, literally, um, on the podcast. (laughs) So here I am with the brightest thing I could find in honour, in homage to our fearless leader, Ben Bloom. So this is my Ben Bloom outfit. So I hope you. I hope everyone watching on YouTube is um, is suitably dazzled. Um, thank you for picking radi- me up on it, Harry. Not at all.
3: Radi- <laughs> you look positively radiant. You really do. Oh, thank
1: you very much. <laughs> Hopefully, it's adding a bit of colour because it's quite cold and wet outside. I'm, oh, quite, I'm feeling quite, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a bit autumn, autumnal, and seasonal affective disorder now. So. Um, very quickly, um, let's go back to Swansea, and you know, to mark the um, my bright red jumper, um, <laughs> you went to Swansea, didn't you? And I didn't. I'll, yep. I'll, I will put my hands up. I was called out on the Sunday show for calling game over at one nil, but mm. it, um, I'm going to say inexplicable, but a joyous three-two. It sounds.
3: That was good fun. It was a great game, and it was uh, it gave it was a tonic for everybody. I think because it was I think it was pretty much unexpected, and it was it, there was a touch of the heroic. I said I said on the the um on the the the, the flagship show after the, afterwards it felt a bit like the, it reminded me of the Millwall game yes. where you know they went swashbuckling and, yeah yeah it really was and the, and particularly with that that late winner in the eighty odd minute I mean it was slightly later in the in Millwall last season but it was still it's that you know away goals being in an away end when you score a late winner is just there's there's nothing quite like it there yes. really is it was it was terrific um and it was it was great um as i say it was this, listening to paul on the inter on his uh uh press conference today you know he you know he he picked up on the, the vision and the the kind of the five seconds in the head that um both Freddie and guyon edwards have and uh, you could see that through the game you could see them working you know, as, as a combination and i do feel you know we've had two weeks to kind of reflect on it i think we we definitely got inside the swansea defenses defenses heads and we definitely because of the way our attacking play was so coordinated we were able to play 10 yards further up the field i felt and that then freed up in a way Sears and Chaloba to do their roles more naturally, even though there was a rearguard action in the second half. I just felt we were, in terms of the balance of the team, it just felt a lot better. And Grant Ward needs a lot of credit because Ben picked up on this, actually. I was listening to the Q&A, which is Ben and Dave during the week did a really good Q&A podcast. It's really worth listening to. It was a good, good chance to reflect. Ward wasn't so advanced. He wasn't so attacking. He was a little bit more restrained and a bit more geometric. Whereas Edwards was the one who was—he um, was the one landing all the blows. Um, but it, it actually really did balance. He was linking play and linking with Desell and Freddie really, really cleverly. Um, I do think—I think Swansea made a mistake. They were too open. They went for it um, and they—they they gambled and it rebounded on them. But um, and... we didn't
1: call that one really. We were—we were, we were no, quite. Um... No effusive about Graham Potter and his kind of tactical his kind of playing players because of their positional and tactical sense rather than you are a midfielder you are a right Mm. back it kind of it sounded from the Sunday show when you guys talked through it it ended up being a little bit messy at the end and it was kind of just chuck fast players on and hope they break us down
3: it was it was unbalanced it was definitely unbalanced i mean i think ben cocks and eyebrow when we talk about this lack of a formation every team does have a shape i guess but it did look it i couldn't work it out it was for i was ben was i think sitting sideways on and i was in with the away fans and i couldn't we, i knew they had a general back three but after that i had no idea because they had effectively had three wingers on the pitch and um it was they were just i think it was the formation was or the plan was just go for it really yeah great fun great great, great great fun and uh much needed and to be fair to give Hurst credit as well for not mucking around with the the combination that he came across in the second half against borough yeah. i think yeah, huge credit for that. And you do wonder, did did Potter not actually watch that the, the second half and realise that we'd found something that clicked? Yes. And, uh, yeah. Anyway. it was an interesting
1: debate we're, as yeah. well about Dizel, yeah. and we'll, we'll come back at, when we talk mm. about us and and QPR on Saturday about Dizel because um, yeah. there were certainly some really clever passes early. Um, even in Borough, yeah. there was a good one yeah. in behind for Nuts, and I don't think he quite got on to. But mm-hmm. it felt like Dizel had maybe a. a bit more time and space than maybe if they'd known about him he would have been afforded was yeah. that was that fair do you think or does, does yeah. kind of we'll talk about Nolan as well who obviously has made way for him but mm. he's got that yeah. one right hasn't he Hurst I,
3: I think he has I mean it's, e- it's easy to to, to, put, to have a pop at Nolan but you felt Giselle in that three with Skuse and Chalobah behind them, he balanced us definitely. He was more of an attacking threat. He was more, and it, it just, as I say, it just it free it just freed up the whole midfield. It was less, it was less, it was less gummed up in there. There was less ambiguity about it. It could well be. I mean, I think was it was it. I can't remember whether it was you or whether it was Ben talked about the idea that maybe Nolan's true role is in as, as a deeper line playmaker that's What but, fans um, said, yeah. Is, oh. yes that's right so that might be something you know it might well be you know he's still finding his feet in the club etc cetera, etc cetera, and at a new level but that could well be if we can start to piece things together and build a bit of momentum that's when you might start to reintroducing him in a slightly deeper role but mm. um we'll see but it was a but it was a great day it was great and it was you know just something to build on which was fantastic yes yeah and, mm. it, and there's
1: a good question uh i'm Apologies mm. for dipping in and out of oh, di- different okay. sources, yeah. but I've, I've got, um, I think there was a question about, which i quite like to ask, about the momentum. Um, yeah. I think it's Harry's question. Apologies for um, being a little bit slow here. It just came to me. Um, how yeah. much momentum will the Swansea win give us, says yes, us, Harry. So, yeah, and, was Harry. Mm. And also, I guess my question, um, which we briefly talked about before we started recording, is this two week break would you have had it ideally or would you have gone straight into the next game to try and maintain that momentum do Mm we do we kind of have a bit of a lull and need to get ourselves back up for it because of the two week break
3: yeah it's an interesting one um i the only people who i've come across who yet yet who have been praising the having an international break have been leeds fans because i've been working on leeds because it's for the blog i write for the wednesday game and um They've welcomed it because they're hoping to get Hernandez, Pablo Hernandez, and Kimar Roof back from injury. They've been carrying knocks and they've been without them. So, but, they, but generally, other, other than that, if you've lost a couple of games, you hate it because you've got to then sit and brood and contemplate your sinfulness. Mm. Whereas if you win a couple of games, like we had, was it was at was Norwich. We went into the break off the last time. Yeah, and we were, there was a sense of momentum, yeah. a sense of something to build on, and then and then haul. Yes. But, um, yeah. So no, it's um, I it's well you know it's it's a strange thing it really is it's 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 so it's so staccato the season the, this, this side of christmas we've suddenly got this blast of five games in four weeks or whatever it is and, and, and in it, it just feels so intense and then suddenly silence for a fortnight it's yeah. um, it's so. Well, there's strange. another one
1: in November as well. But... Mm, there is. Anyway, yeah. it's a big week or mm. few coming up, so we'll we'll definitely come mm. back to that at the end. Yeah. Um, talking
3: talking of November, it cool. is so frustrating that Sky, threatened by our emergent presence, <laughs> saw fit to move the West Brom game onto a Friday night. But uh, not to be outdone, we have come up with an alternative plan. We, we do. Uh,
1: yeah. I I felt. So I we've talked about it before. And I, I wasn't able to make it, but I know that Ben Ben has put a, yep. a shed load of work in to making this happen. And I was just gutted for Ben more than anything mm-hmm. else. I know there, there's a lot of people who, are, who I'm afraid can't make the date as well that we've announced, which is the 16th of February. So sorry for you guys. And hopefully we'll sort yep. out refunds. But yeah, trust Sky to ruin it, eh? Um, yeah. But 16th yep. of February... I can make that date, which I'm obviously excited about. Um, So we'll be able to do our kind of preview show and deck kind of routine for Mm -hmm. everyone on the Saturday after the game, uh, which is stoke, isn't it? Um, So same details, I think Eventbrite for the tickets, Twitter and Facebook for more information. Hopefully Mm -hmm. see the majority of people who are going to make the, the November date and hopefully a few more as well. Yeah, it, it
3: should be good. And the stroke game, fingers crossed. Will, as I say, they won't. We won't see fit to move that. We'll have a. Good. <laughs> it, it, it should be a good, a good day. I have a, I have a couple of mates who are Stroke fans who I'm trying to persuade to come over for it as well. Oh, and as we, as, as we said with the West Brom, um, with the West Brom um, event that we that was lined up um, for the, the roadshow, meeting up at mates and talking about it has been so often been the the highlight of the highlight of an afternoon. So it'll be really good. You know. When you go along in the evening, it's, it will be good fun. And I know Ben; he's he, he's cooking up all he's hatching all sorts of plans. So, but um, so make a date, 16th of February. Can't wait myself. Really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly right. Exciting times. Um, something mm. else to plug very quickly as well is our, our friends at Turnstile Blues, who have a new oh. edition of the fanzine out, the 18th um, issue of their fanzine this uh, weekend, which is dedicated to the Beats um, yeah. and definitely something to try and find they'll be um, outside the ground I think they sometimes go to pubs but I think (laughs) it's they're encouraging people to try and find them outside Sir Ralph or at the Sir Ralph Ramsey statue Um, tributes from the beat from um, our friend David Diamond um, and also uh, Graham from the Naked Footy show Um, memories um, from Sir Boba Shared and a a really good interview by the sounds of it with um, Anglia TV's Jerry Harrison um, mm. who was the sound of Anglia football for Wow, going back into the 80s and 70s, I think, um, yeah. who shares a vast array of stories from his days um, when he covered the Blues in the glory years. Um, <laughs> they've also got some stuff on our start to the season under Paul Hurst, um, and a reminder that other town managers have found things tough when they take their first job um some observations on Hurst pre-season comments about Tom Adeyemi um analysis of whether Huddersfield <laughs> town success provides any kind of blueprint for getting promoted so yeah it sounds like it'd be great and i've i know they've got some uh, a uh, guy from twitter i forget his initials h something z i think who's done who's done a really great cover for it it's only mm-hmm. a pound i mean a pound you can you can't buy anything with a pound now so brilliant fanzine a really great read. So come find the guys at the uh, Sir Ralph Ramsey statue from about 2.15 on Saturday um, yeah. and enjoy that one. Um, and I think you can get it from eBay as well. But details on their Twitter account. Um, so yeah, give them some support and a good read hopefully for time as well.
3: Talk, talk, totally agree, Rich. It is. It's a... It's a... It's one of those. I remember it was it came coming back from the Forest game. We'd lost it at, at the end of last season, and I picked up a copy of Turnstile Blues. And was I can't remember there was an irreverent interview in there, Mick, went, and I can't remember who it was But I was sitting in the service station. Reading bits out loud to my partner, and she was telling me to stop laughing so loud. It was so funny. There's it has a, it, it can it can be delightfully irreverent at times, but also it just you know it really chimes so brilliantly with the supporters of the of the club. So it, I can't wait to get my copy of it, and for a pound it's that's ridiculously cheap. It really is. It
1: is. Yeah. 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 Looking forward mm-hmm. to that one. Great. Well, yeah. looking forward to um, QPR on Saturday. A real yeah. A real interesting one. A real kind of test of whether the uh, Swansea win was a flash in the pan or is the start of something good. Hopefully it is. Mm -hmm. Um, QPR, pretty terrible start, culminating in that thumping at West Brom, that 7-1 thumping. Mm -hmm. In comes two proven strikers unknown in um, Naki Wells and Tomahemid. I don't think their goals necessarily have shifted the balance. I think you were telling me they haven't actually scored that many between them. But suddenly the results started to turn. I think they lost to Bristol City straight after that. But then they've started picking up wins against teams in this kind of, as you call it, this mini relegation league at the bottom of the championship, which we find ourselves in. So really interestingly poised. They've got a few more wins under their belt than we have. But it'll be an interesting test nevertheless. Mm -hmm. Where do you want to start with QPR, Harry?
3: Where do we begin with them? They're interesting. What are they? Eighteenth in the table. Jekyll and Hyde is really the word. The, one of the, There's actually a lovely quote from one of them on Love for Words. He said, "This one of the uh, one of the hoops." He said, "This is a season so far which has lurched from moments of great hope to ones of deep concern and despair." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: they really are. We know all really, about the latter, don't
3: we? <laughs> <laughs> we do indeed. Yeah. It's really. It's they It's it's. They are a Jekyll and Hyde team. They really are. They they don't know who's going which is going to turn up, and they it's been a very fa- faltering start to the to the campaign they had that wretched wretched august when everybody was you know we began to think you know because bear in mind they've got a financial fair play oh, yeah. constraint on them they, they what they have they have now till the end of the season they can't use the January window they've they, you know they, they're, they're working with the, their existing squad um and they as you say they an awful start then they had wins over Bolton Millwall Reading managed to the Wigan win was huge in late August but they've managed to pull some good wins together but then just as equally the week before we went to Swansea they went to Swansea and were thumped 3-0 and badly thumped by all accounts it was a very it was a very poor poor defeat Um, and the way they described it had an echo of when we went to Reading at the end of last season it was that kind of level of confidence within the team just before that that that's their defeat against Swansea, they the previous games they'd lost one nil at home to Norwich, and then a virtually reserved team went up to Blackpool in the League Cup and was beaten. So they would had three games, three straight defeats, no goals, and suddenly the house of cards was beginning to wobble again. Mm-hmm. They, it, it's a very they are a very fragile team, and it, they, you do feel on a good day they don't know which team is going to turn up. But if the, if the, if the wrong team turns up, and you get into them, and if it goes two nil, it can very easily can very easily go four, no problem at all. You all can, right. they can They can't. They can't fold. That's that's the that's one extreme. But then the other extreme was their their game just before the international break when they played Frank Lampard's derby Frank Lampard's, at up. um and indeed at Loftus Road. <coughs> and, um, they went a goal down and they were they felt they were in trouble it was it was some sloppy it was sloppy defending leicester the center half let a ball bounce and um jack Marriott snip, nipped in and got the, and opened the scoring but they regrouped and came back in the second half we'll, come on, we'll talk about why in a bit but they then they, they they came back and equalized and took the game to to the rams in the second half and the fact that they were able to do that psychologically meant a lot to them they realized that they, they they're not going to be pushovers and they you know, they found a piece of resilience within the squad which meant a huge amount to them particularly as seven days earlier they, they, they completely folded at the Liberty um, inter, inter, an interesting team most of them think fundamentally they've got enough to be they're better than six other teams in the league I think is 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 their hope um, when they look at some of the teams they came away from Reading and they were scathing about what Reading were like um, For we were doing them in a few weeks time I know but they, they were talking about their, their only tactic was conning had pieces out of the referee, that was literally oh. all they had. Um, but they f- they feel they've enough, they're better than six other teams in the league, but they're probably not much better than that, if right. that makes sense. So, that's their expectation to finish. If the, if you gave them 17th, 18th, 15th, 16th, they'd thank you very much and say thank you. Oh, you yes. Take that, same, get here. This, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they've got some it's, um, it's, yeah.
1: uh, looking at the, 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 the goal scorer, was uh, Cameron, Jeff Cameron, wasn't it? Um, was, yeah. against Frank Lampard's Derby. And there's other kind of really experienced players kind of scattered throughout the team. We've talked about the two strikers, but uh, particularly on the back line I'm looking and and even the wide players as well. It's, it it seems that McLaren's kind of going for tried and tested rather than I think you were yeah. saying rather than kind of going down the Paul Hurst route of gambling on the lower league players. But sometimes these players do make the difference, don't they? And Cameron obviously sound like yeah. he took his goal quite well against yeah. Derby.
3: Um, yeah, it's interesting you saying that about McLaren. One of the big things they said about him, he, he came in. It's a real steady the ship job. We're coming in after Ian Holloway. The the, the signings he made over the summer were Angel Rangel, the you know experience, 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 and Leissner, who is was an ex, Tony Leitner came from Berlin Union, Union Berlin, a German, you know, from the from the German um, league, and he basically two very experienced players of a certain level because he you know they don't have the money to buy high quality players with the the constraints that they have um and he set about making the team hard to beat um and uh, and then the t- extra players that he brought in in the loan window, Hemed and Weld, you mentioned, but also Cameron. Again, he's gone for experience. That's that's his model of operating, I think, rather than, whereas you look at Hurst, you know, we've got Tanassien and Siala, Nolan, all these kind of risky, unproven players, but who could have a real upside. Yeah. McLaren is, you know, he's really playing the percentages with, with his squad building over the summer. Yeah.
1: The other thought that I've just added, in terms of the results that you you brought out there, um, and mm-hmm. McLaren's style potentially to be fairly solid is, is I wonder that I think they are looking at the relegation games kind of as six pointers we'll put all of our intention to winning those and the yeah. other games you know away at Swansea um, mm. maybe Bristol City arguably we'll just accept defeat in those ones if we get a draw great but, but but we'll beat the teams around us and that and those wins might be sufficient I wonder if there's anything in that. Is that am I maybe stretching for something there
3: you might be stretching a bit I wouldn't know I, th- I think they will try and get what they can from where they can okay. I don't think they'll give it, given how how marginal everything is they're also but that's but then again you say that one of their comments about thinking about looking ahead to Saturday's game was the fact that the week after they've got um, two home games against Sheffield Wednesday and Aston Villa and they you know they've almost the fans whatever with the players the fans have almost said well if we get one point out of those two that would be great as long as we beat Ipswich, Ipswich yeah yeah, so you could be right, actually, the more I think about it. You can, I don't think a, a squad would do that. I can't see. Mick, mind you, Mick, you know, cause, uh, you won't go there, you know, sort of, you know, playing the percentages. but um,
1: I can just I imagine think, him both McLaren... Yeah. And maybe yeah. the previous manager looking at the calendar and circling fixtures saying this yeah. one matters, this one not so much. You know, we had Cardiff on a Tuesday night or you know, yeah. Villa away on a Saturday or whatever. It's mm. you know, if you get something out of this brilliant, but I'm not gonna get excited about it. But this is the one where we need to turn up and win. Yeah. We'll see maybe on Saturday.
3: That that generation of managers we've talked about this <clears> before. I know the tournament model. You look at three games in a week and treat it yeah. like a treat, treat it like a tournament. And say, well, if we can get six points, we get out of the group. You know, or four points, and we get out of the group, kind of thing. Mm. And you it, it could be right, actually. So in which case, he could put if he's going to put all his eggs in a basket this week, McLaren, he'll he, the basket will be taken to Portman Road. I would say, <laughs> yeah. What formation
1: mm. does that basket look like? I'm trying to spin that. Analogy no, out no that's me. good. That's no, um, good. But, it's good. Yeah. It's
3: it's it's a really relevant question because. He he did that thing. You bring in two strikers, Hemed and Wells, and you try and play them both up front, and it unbalanced the team. It didn't work. If you ask any QPR fan, they will all say to you, you need to have three in the middle and one up on, one up front to get the t- to get the right balance because they haven't got the quality playmakers in midfield to be able to link with the strikers, and they also lack width, which is another big theme which has come out. So therefore, when they ha- when they had Hemed they played Hemed and Wells. Up front at Swansea, and they were completely isolated. You had two midfielders who were completely overrun by the Swansea three in midfield. They couldn't handle them, and then suddenly, they you know they were effectively playing two men down because they you know Swansea just completely overran them. They, it was it was it was a, it was a, you know tactically they were they were kind of they were out, they were outmaneuvered. I think so. G- generally four at the back and three in midfield. And We'll come on and have a look at the players in a bit. Um, he's gone for a very cautious model of within that it's within the it's four two three one but it's effectively four four one one because the, the the back four you've got two solid centre halves and two full backs who don't really bomb forward it's not like Fulham at all they tend to they they have been sitters broadly speaking they get forward when they can but they're they're that's not their intention the midfield as I see you've got Cameron and you've got um, Massimo Luongo who has been a bit lethargic um, former after, Town Loney, of course yes exactly former Town Loney, but he's been out he was at the World Cup in Australia and they feel he hasn't really got his legs back since then it kind of disrupted his he didn't play much but it was all the training and conditioning in the World Cup has disrupted his pre-season but effectively they've been They're this, You know, if you could say Cameron is the excuse the, the role really he's the sitter and and um, the, uh, Luongo would be more of a box-to-box player, but flanking them on either side, you've got Luke Freeman and you've had Jordan Cousins. Now both of them are not wingers. They would again. Freeman, when Holloway was there, was playing in the midfield with Luongo and Scowen and Cousins has played a lot of his career. I know we were discussing this before, and he can play. He's a right. He's a right-sided player. Yes, but he is. But I would see him as a right-sided central midfielder. No, but a again,
1: bomber on or no? A...
3: No, he's no. He's, uh, no he's, uh, may, not an out winger, maybe. No, he's not. He's not a proper winger in that sense. Um, so I just, you know, when I was making my notes for this, I wrote down it's a bit like a poor man's diamond, that you've got two solid central midfielders and two wide players who, who are inclined to come in centrally as well, which was something they picked up on. Um, so, and with the fullbacks not bombing on, say, it's, a very, it's, it's a very static model. You're not getting much, which, are you? No, and you know, nine goals from twelve games this season, you know, is. Um, it tells its own story in a way there, there's not much of a threat and an attacking threat but it's i think it could be that that with steve is a bit like when Mick came to us you know you know lack of confidence let's just get the shape right let's just get this thing solid and let's get through this let's get through this season seems to be the model that they've been working with um when they've been playing the four-four-two, they have one really good the one playmaker they have which paul hurst referenced today abiricci eze he's um his his best position is a number ten, but when they played the four four two, he was shunted out to the right, where again he was completely lost. Right. He's, he's he's just simply not a winger. So he might have vision and creativity, which will, which he does have, but he's not. That that's not that's that that's simply not not his game at all. Um, and it's the the of the two strikers, Hamed is more of a. Line leader. Um, he uses strength and physicality, but he's quite mobile. Whereas Naki Wells, the way they're describing him, is more like a David McGoldrick type character. So he's more geometric and he can find space more cleverly. But neither of them have got a prolific goal scoring record yet. And I think the hope is with more game time and more minutes together, it will all come together. Um, this just We'll come into the players in detail, but just the themes that have come out the lack of confidence we've talked about, the lack of Pace in the back four means they have a habit also of sitting quite deep. One of them memorably said, "We're deeper than the Titanic here." That's <laughs> how so he described it again. game against Derby, you know, it's a, you know, it, it's it's a very solid. They know, they look as if they know what they're doing, but it is slow and they can be turned. The centre house can be turned. Um, it's, um, but if one of them summed it up perfectly in terms of the balance balance of the team. It's good that we're keeping clean sheets, and it's partly because we sit so deep, but it's also why we're really struggling for goals. Mm. So in. Overall terms, they would be they would be the issues. One of the, the reasons they're not scoring many goals, and that this again is partly Cameron and Luongo in midfield. They don't have many players who can play. You, it's all. Be, it could be because of the shape of the team. Well, put it more accurately, they're not. They're not seeing many killer through balls being played.
1: I was going to say, where do the goals come from, then, Harry? Yeah. Because oh, I'm, it... I'm looking at this. I've got a picture of the team here, and I'm thinking mm. if you've got fullbacks that don't overlap, if you've got wingers that don't Try to get past the man and get across. In um, is it set pieces? Is it shots of range? Is it? They they they
3: they they are being pragmatic. The equalizer against Derby came. I think it was the um. Was the Scott Carson spilt the ball, and they reacted more quickly. I think <laughs> Wells reacted more quickly. Right. Hooked the ball back to Cameron, who drilled it in. One one. There you go. That was. I think it's. They. I, there isn't a. Whereas with Brentford, you have a model of play in your head, and you well, you know how they're going to score. Really, it's hard to know how. There, there doesn't seem to be a preferred model within within how they're playing. Um, that said, they're, they're, it's, it's a work in progress. And what they did in the Derby game, um, they, they made some changes, which are probably worth talking about now. The back four, um, you've got Rangel, Leisner, Lynch and um, Bidwell. That was the starting back four, uh, you know, an established right back. Rangel, he's played over 300 games for Swansea. Bidwell, very experienced ex-former Brentford player. Bidwell went off with ankle ligament damage. He's he won't be playing oh, on Saturday. Yeah. It's a serious injury. So and this is where McLaren takes credit. He he flipped things around. He rather than he has he could have brought on Alex Baptiste, who has got no pace whatsoever, yes. and dropped him in and did a little rejig. But he He was cleverer than that. He swapped Rangel across from right back to left back. He dropped Jordan Cousins back into a right-back role, who which can be done if you've got if you've got an, an, a midfielder with a good engine. He can drop in and and just use with an use some industry really just to hold the shape. And he brought on Pavel Vijolek, who's a very lively right winger. Who it's a name suddenly, I'm not familiar with. Him, is, know. No, he's a Poland international. He came from he played for Sampdoria, and then he's like all these players, he was he was he was, out, he was out i think he was with verona but he never played for them he's one of these player you know play, you know he's played you know one of these european um journeymen really but he transformed the game against derby because suddenly they had width they had they had tempo they had urgency and this was after about a half an hour so i think you might see vijolek starting on the right against us and he's, he's that's what he does he's an absolute as it says on the tin right winger down the flank into the box he also wins they said he's very good at winning 40-60s he has that about him as well so he's 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 quite feisty he will get he gets stuck in he's not a he's not one of these dainty wingers who will just kind of you know just give me the ball and I'll do something nice with it he is a proper get stuck in type of player so they, they he, 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 which also added you know that helps with, from from the point of view of urgency and that balanced the team that certainly gave them it gave them a counter threat to derby and it was through force of circumstance but um it 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 seems to have it, it it also then as I say it's a bit like when Edwards was doing so well for us at Swansea suddenly all the other players were freed up to get get further up the field and and get more involved it it suddenly gave it gave them a foothold in the game and they were able to get the equaliser and they felt that it was it the goal came from a reaction a set piece that Darby didn't deal with but. They felt the goal was going to come anyway. It was a well-merited draw. And I think even even Frank Lampard said the same thing as well. So um, it's an interesting, it's a team that's emerging, definitely. There's a style of play that's emerging. You couldn't nail it down and say it is.
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. at participating restaurant's 18 plus serving times. delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process
3: you know it's it's a brentford or it's a fulham or it's a you know back in the day as sam other dies there isn't a an absolute model or you know millwall with a rock solid 442 it's not that but there it's it's nascent it, it's it's been worked on but so, um there's coming so what
1: together as has they got then in, in that kind of system do you see so, him as a number 10 if they go to a kind of 4231
3: or they, yeah that's 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 he is he is the best he's that's he's raw but getting there um Derby, they said the compliment they gave him. He's only twenty. He's a young. He's, he's young. He was a. I think he came through Fulham and Millwall's youth system. But he was. But Paul Hurst clocked him. He mentioned him in the in the um, in his interview today. He was on loan for part of last season at Wickham. So Hurst knows all about him. He's in a way this is where Hurst's big advantage is that he knows, having worked in the lower leagues, he knows, he's very streetwise. He knows all these players coming through. So you know the, the, he won't be ambushed by them. Put it that way. Um, he has the knack of winning felt. He plays with his head up. The thing he doesn't do yet is he's brilliant at bombing forward, but he will then suddenly get a nosebleed and pause. And one of them said, one one hoop said, one, one West Londoner said... He will move on to the next level once he realizes he can beat a player. He's he's kind of get he's, he's he but he will get there. They feel he's, he's um, got
1: that he's got that in him. Has he? He's
3: got he has it in him. Yeah. He keeps asking for the ball. He keeps making space for himself. He's hungry. He's not somebody. He certainly won't hide. He will you know he will he will look for space. He will try and find it. And you can see him and Wells, two similar types of players working well together. But it's one of those things. I remember Marcus Stewart. I may have said this before, saying once at a Southwest Supporters' Evening that the play the squad that starts the season. Even if the players don't change, isn't the squad that finishes the season? It's this thing we talk about: relationships forming and bonds being, you know, the the, the, the you know, the team evolving and and taking shape with each game. And you feel that as plus, Wells could actually become quite an interesting, you know, comb- combination. But 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 not but not balls in the air. Definitely, it's on the deck. It's on the deck, and it's about, and it's it's using clever movement and and pace because he is quite quick. Yeah, interesting.
1: So one of the questions one of the reasons we're here, I guess, is how we can combat it. Looking at Jules' question about, we've talked about maybe the lookout players. I think have we covered, is there anyone in reserve, Harry, that you haven't brought out that might get um, a shot on Saturday?
3: In terms of scary players, um, people to be worried about, not really. Um, Tom Mohamed might come off the bench. Um, Again, it's, he works hard, gets into good positions. He's a, One of them compared him to Heider Helgesen, which is quite high praise, actually. So physical then. Uh, yeah, a, a the physical air. player. Broad-shouldered, intelligent, back to goal striker, very good in the air. The problem is there's no point in being good in the air if you don't have wingers. Yes, where's the cross? So, uh, <laughs> so exactly. So the, in that sense, he gives them a focal point and takes the pressure off the midfield. And in a way, Hemed arriving has... Really sidelined Matt Smith, who's a there's a name. There's always one player in every square, you think, Oh, what's happened to him? Do you remember Matt Smith, who's the old school number nine? Yes, who they, who they d- diplomatically described as a giant striker with ability issues. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> he's like um, me, no, I'm not yeah, giant, he's then. A, 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 he's a, yeah. He is Hemed has shown up Smith's lack of, a mo- lack of mobility. Now, Smith came on, they were one all, and they had a couple of late set pieces against Derby, so um. Uh, McLaren decided to chuck on Smith on the 93rd minute, just as a you know free lottery ticket kind of thing near the Boy, end. Yeah. It's uh, like
1: loving up front like we used to
3: do. Ex- exactly that. Just well, just stick it on his He's basically poor, poor Matt Smith. He doesn't do flick-ons, heading the ball in random directions. He's uh, you know, but he he did save them last season. They're very full of praise for what he did last year because he was he was the only target man they had. But his lack of mobility, he moves around the pitch slowly. So, in terms of up front. You know, I'm not quite sure where the goals are going to come from. I think the goals will be improvised. To be fair, but um, the one player who might score a goal, because we we, I mean, remember just ch- cherry picking the players off as we go, Luke Freeman. Um, anybody who's with West Country connections will have a thinking feeling about Freeman because he never scored many goals when he was with, when he was with Bristol City, but he always had a knack of scoring against us. And I remember one. Did he
1: score an absolute rocket yes. against us? Yes, it was. I'm an... gonna we'll have to find that one
3: heart-sinking goal it really was at, at at Ashton Gate we were we were in the game it was all kind of you know we were holding our own and then suddenly bang goal up they go the whole ground erupts and yeah you know but he's he's but they they don't trust him um he is probably the te- most technically gifted player they have he's very good on set pieces but one of them diplomatically said I wonder at, at times if he's a team player he's um he there was, there was always a debate with bristol city fans with him and lee Tomlin they were again two technically very creative players but were they primarily you know, playing for themselves. What were the reference yes. points in terms of everybody else in You the can't team. have two
1: of those in a team either, can you? Really? You, si- no, you no, you simply can't.
3: They always he talks about the fact. You know, do, do, does he? Do, is he one of those strikers who, or, or footballers who admires his work? Um they said he never plays the ball first time. Always taking a few touches when a first time ball is on. He holds on to it too long. One of them described him as a ball hogger. Actually, at one wow. stage, um, yeah, he's um, that was that was as bad as it got. But but technically, he is incredibly gifted. And I wonder if McLaren thinks putting him on the left gives him. Um, it gives him more space to operate in,
1: yeah.
3: And because uh, that's where that's where he should be, if anywhere. So getting him on the left means he can actually, you know, he drift. He, yeah, he can inside. drift. He can drift inside, exactly yeah. that, and uh, and and do and do some damage. But he has got a knack of scoring against against us. Um, and
1: he's the dead ball man, did you say? He's the set he'd be, piece. He, yeah.
3: He's been the set piece man. They'll use yeah. The other the, while we're just 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 covering the wingers, and um, there is somebody did ask a question about do we have a peppery? Think,
1: was it Tim? Tim, who yeah, is considered peppery Tim. in it's the peppery. QPR Tim, team? Tim, Tim Let's not I be hasty, Harry, in yeah. giving this out too much. This, oh, this is no, the is Paul like... Hollywood handshake on the it's on the a... podcast. We don't want to give him out a... too much and demean no, the benefit. No. You know, the, uh, the it's, a, it's, a, a, it's a
3: solemn it's a solemn moment. Exactly it's a The right. status moment. to this word. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is one actually. He's a bra- he's an absolute bench option. Ex Blackpool, twenty year old, as say Samuel. He's he's the very definition of peppery. A player with lightning pace and drive. Very much a substitute. You wouldn't put him on to start with. He adds pace and purpose. He terrorises his fullbacks with his pace, goals and threat when he's on when he's on form.
1: When. Dot dot dot. Yeah,
3: <laughs> but he does. He likes to drive a man in a one-on-one. He goes, you know, he just goes for you. And he attacks the byline. He's one of these. Right, I'm off. You know, he's. I remember Ryan Fraser when I first saw him playing for us. He was brilliant at that. You suddenly, he gets the ball and you just, think, "Right, there's the goal. I'm off, lads. I'll see you later." And he just, you know, <laughs> he's just tearing off up of the field with the ball, and you can see all the players going, "Oh, hang on, oh, I've got to, to catch up with that." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Brilliant when you see it happen. It really is. But um, say Samuel, he is very much. For ten or twenty minutes, though, they think he's yeah. just—you wouldn't start him. hes hes, he's not there yet. He's—he can be very frustrating. But agree, um, so that's so that's so that's that's the kind of that's the attacking end of things. Um, looking at the midfield, it's worth it, we've um, it's worth looking at the the balance there because it has been problematic for them. Cameron. Was, he was another August edition they brought in. They like him. He's a USA international. He's come on loan from Stoke season long, basically Stoke don't need him and, uh, and they, this season. Um, breaks up play well, screens the defence and uses the ball intelligently. So he's a kind of a, a focal point in midfield. And you can see again, after the 7-1 against West Bromway, McLaren would want to play like this in the team. Yep. Someone who will just, he's, he's kind of a... Solid he, and steady, yeah. Exactly. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a good sentry. And, um, he pops up well where need where, where needed, um, but there is an issue with his fitness. This has come up from several of them. He looks spent after an hour. Um, grave reservations, and he can end up as a consequence dropping too deep. And if he drops deep, then the whole, you know, he can he can pull the whole he can pull the whole the whole team back. He does read the game very well, though, but he doesn't. He's not somebody. He tends to. One of them commented about the fact that he operates in a very small area in front of the penalty area, and that's you won't you won't get him to move much further than right. that he's a, he's, a, he's he's a sitter in every sense of the, the
1: word the US didn't have an international fixture today this week or last I... week
3: I'm not sure he was even
1: last time that's we had Eric my... Lehigh, didn't we for Hull. Oh, was that's right yes he was that's lost not... on the air, lost in the airport he, or something like that
3: stuck in terminal three in Dallas or somewhere <laughs> uh, no no I don't know if he was I don't know if he was I don't think he's he, I'd say he may may have drifted out of the reckoning now for all okay. of his experience um, we can we'll double check that. if we're wrong we we'll we'll, 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 we'll we'll pick that up but I don't think he was he was he wasn't away this time um his partner as I say Massimo, Massimo Luongo there is an issue with his anonymity. Um, it could be, but him and Cameron together. I think the idea is that Luongo was the box to box player, but um, he's very much one of them described him as the water carrier, he's the one to link play, play forward. But he's been his tackling and tracking back have been poor, they've been saying. He's just he seems to lack urgency, and urgency is a big part of his game. In fact, it, um, that, that that's a you know, it's something you know. He's, he's he's quite he's normally quite an industrious player, but um, uh, very pedestrian playing in leg led boots was how somebody described us. Just to um, go
1: back in time a little bit on Luongo, um, yeah, it's interesting to get your thoughts on whether you thought he was hard done by because he was on loan and Jules signed him on loan. We struggled at the start of the season, down the bottom. Mick comes mm-hmm. in, and I think Mick chose to spare him. Um, a relegation dogfight, or perhaps didn't think he was ready for it. Any thoughts on that? I thought he was quite. He he looked quite impressive and quite, you know, a, a good attacking midfield option for us when he was on loan. I was a bit disappointed that maybe he ended up going back to Spurs. I don't know what you think. Where you, you think he made the right call there, Mick? Or
3: well, it's a good question. It's um, he would have been. He's twenty six now, so that would he would have been very young at the time. He was he was very raw, um. I guess the, I remember once pulling together uh, just a squad picture. You always look at things in balance to say, "Well, what really went wrong? <laughs> what really went wrong when Paul Jewell left?" <laughs> what <laughs> got um, right would be easier. And I was one of the things to look at was what was the balance of the squad like. And you know, I, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, we were kind of running with Indo and Haim at the time. And, there was, and apart from Luongo, there wasn't much else. And it could well be that he felt that in Dornheim, well, there wasn't a lot of creativity there, and they were really sitting and protecting the, you know, basically, it's, it's a bit like what McLaren did, only more extreme. Just get the thing, get some shape, get the thing organised, get some tightness around it. Um, and in that sense, Luongo could have been a luxury. And as you say, chucking chucking him into a team that really, it didn't, I mean, that team was so bad. Yes. It was so bad. Um you you wouldn't. It wouldn't have been fair on him. I mean, even Luke Haim I think, is always. I, I never think he's been given the credit for what he did that season in helping hold that. You know, he played a huge role for somebody with so little, such little experience in holding that team together. I, I, that's yeah. That's a small side point, but I think in that sense, Luongo would have been. I think he would have disappeared. At least Haim Haim had some steel. Haim, Haim had a. I don't know, there's something about Jaime. He there was a everyday say-die spirit about him, and yeah. he would have... He well, and I guess yeah, we he,
1: were never going to be passing through the midfield under Mick anyway, were we? No, We were going to no. be direct, and we were going to lob no. balls into up to yeah. the front men. Yeah. But it was yeah. just an interesting aside. I was just it's thinking good, about that. It,
3: yeah, no, it's a very, it's a very good point. It'd be interesting. It's, it's one to get people's thoughts on, actually, because that... You know, because he was—he never, he never really—you know—he's not. You talk about you know, players like Gio. You think about some of the great long players we had, and people get emotional. And Luongo, in a way, he kind of—he he just kind of—he drifted through, really. But it was—I think he was. But but remember what our transfer strategy was like at the time, you know, there was it without, you know,
1: I don't think there was one, was
3: there? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) You know, sort of (laughs) of
1: board, I think it was
3: a a slightly chaotic addition, I think, more than anything else. Um, The other the other side player that I was worth mentioning who might feature, I don't know if he will, though, is Josh Mm Scowen, who was very much part of the thing that the setup last year in midfield. Um very a decent industrious player but he's technically not brilliant and he can slow whatever about Luongo and Cameron he can end up slowing the play down because he's very sloppy with touching and touch and passing so again somebody who can who can who can disrupt the kind of tempo of the team really so um he's but he has been used as a bench option he's the former Barnsley player who yeah who remember yeah so he's in in that in that team that got broken up so you've got him um looking at the back line um Let's talk about. Can we talk about Joe Lumley, the goalkeeper? Is that okay? He's yeah, another yeah, a,
1: um, youth player, is he?
3: He is, yeah. Um, he, I don't think Remember when, when, when the poor Aston Villa goalkeeper came down, we were able to give him a, a warm Suffolk welcome. I don't think we're going to have the same joy with Lumley. He's only 23 and he's a youth product. Um, he's, But he, they rate him. They really do. They like his size. He's particularly good at distribution, both with the ball. With feet and with his throws, they describe his hands as being like magnets. No matter how hard the shot is, and there have been a couple of times he's been praised for shots which have swerved and which have done weird things. He's been, he's got really good agility and his reactions are fantastic. Wow, high and praise, high praise, and it's very. I mean, you know, for all of this saying about McLaren playing it safe with experienced players, he's obviously looked at them and thought, no, I, this guy can, this guy can hack it. And um, and they've said that with a run of games which he has had, he's a regular in the team. Um, um, did he even play? I think he did. No, he didn't play in the. Um, I was just double checking. He didn't play in the F.L. Cup match. He was rested for that. But he, um, he's a player who is, as he's had more games, he's really grown into the role, and they they, they, have, a, they have a lot of time for him. So, he's 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 a big tick, really. So I don't think I don't, we'll see we'll see. He could have a big rick in him tomorrow. You never know. <laughs> but he hasn't he hasn't so far. He's been pretty consistent. The centre backs Leysner and um, Tony Leysner we've mentioned and Joel Lynch um lynch has
1: been around for a while hasn't he
3: he's exactly he's what 30 now for ex forest and huddersfield union berlin as they say Leis- leisner came from a little touch of bolton about these um which made me kind of the name um we have a we have a pacey striker whose name occurred to me as a bench option definitely if we don't start him um okay, uh, jackson's worth surely a worth a run out of these two if we're struggling oh, susan Ly-
1: not any though is he
3: that's actually, that's true. That's true. That came up in the, in the, in the, in the, um. that's a really good point, actually, because that came up in the, um in the press conference with Hurst today. Um, he's not known for his out-and-out pace, but again, it was the five seconds in the head thing, Ooh. if you know, Yeah. So that's a good point, actually. And I, I was thinking, I was thinking Caden Jackson in the way he got at Bolton. Um, I wondered with these two, Leissner and, and Lynch, because again, they're both slow. They're not footballing centre-backs, Um. Leisner, big, ugly centre-back who will smash into people and head the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Classic championship.
3: Yeah, you're absolutely. You have come to the right league, mate. Um, a calm head at the back. He doesn't have any great pace. Steady defender. So he's somebody who's a good organiser. Um, and Joe Lynch, is, uh, this, this, is this isn't good. Um, he's gone from being a terrible championship defender to an average championship defender. Um, and again, he's one of these, They say, when he, do, when he concentrates on doing the simple things well, heading, kicking and doing the basics, he's fine he wins crucial headers and he has got a decent forward pass but apparently they were talking about he has these Beckenbauer moments every so often and he really
1: shouldn't have them or well, like gets... Manuel 13 moment you mean yeah exactly head down exactly. running with the ball
3: off you go a moment of glory um, who was the guy was it Heffelay or um the guy who played for, for for Huddersfield and he was like a party party trick Yeah, he, he helped them get promoted the heffy he was known as and he would do this two or three times in the game and Huddersfield fans knew all about it the game was you know the game was a bit boring it was a 30-0 all draw against I don't know we press, and it was nothing happening it was cold Tuesday night Hef would get the ball in the back and say right lads I'm off and he would literally bit like what we were saying earlier about the wingers he would just go off on a kamikaze run up the field and Hooray. of course the whole, the, whole, the whole crowd would be up on their feet then thinking cried, right. okay here we go moment of destiny another player was... who was quite good at that this came <laughs> up because I was,
1: I was going through some old footage for a side project um, that mm. people might see uh, might see the light of day at some point. Titus Bramble mm. used to do that. I was watching the, in the I first guess. season of Premier League 2000-2001. Mm. Bramble yeah. picks the ball up and basically battering Rams his way through the entire Coventry midfield. Gets, <laughs> he comes up against Paul Williams who is No, you know, no slight man. He is a big unit as well. And they both bounce into each other. And you could feel like suddenly they had their own gravitational field. That kind of everything sucked towards them. It was pretty impressive. and I think Paul Williams got a free kick out of it. So that was quite a good one as well. But Bramble did that against Sunderland a few times, I remember. Tupino Moscow. I hope I think he did it all as well. But anyway, sorry, I'm getting distracted. Yeah, you know, it's, no, it's fantastic. It's funny the
3: things you remember from games that aren't necessarily goals. Yeah, you know what I mean. Be these things that you come away and you think, "Oh God, i you remember he did that." You know, it wasn't it? Wasn't that he scored a great winner, or he just, or he scored a kind of routine, a goal on the 50th minute or whatever? It was the fact you know, some something utterly bizarre happening gets the in the crowd course up of a for game. Exactly. Really? Yeah. yeah. But um, but as I say Lynch, Lynch's problem is he is he's. I think he's he's at that stage of a centre half where he's. He's beginning to what let, what pace he has is going, and he can. They talked about the fact that regularly that he can be turned very easily by a, by a nippy forward. So in a way, Freddie could be. You know, Freddie. You know, often strikers can mark defenders if you know what I mean. They can choose the defender they try and get onto, and if Freddie was able to do that up against someone like Lynch, I think he could have some joy definitely. Um, as I say, Alex Baptiste, Alex Baptiste is the plan B, but his lack of pace does does scare them, and the other. Two players we haven't mentioned are the fullbacks. Um, Angel Rangel, he got a huge ovation. You've got another love a
1: player with a rhyming couplet for a name, haven't <laughs> you? Fantastic.
3: He's, a, he's he's talking about. I, I heard the discussion with uh, with um with Ben and Dave about is Chambers of is is he Hall of Fame folk hero? Where where, where do you, would he make the one of the great teams, and Rangel, in a way, is for us or for, for for Swansea what Chambers is for us. I think he's somebody who who we will eternally love. Um, but Rangel he's obviously he's 35 now, so obviously wow. he was surplus to their requirements, so they let him go. And I think he's on a short-term contract there. Um, and he's you know it's, it's this is why McLaren brought him in. He's a total professional, a calming influence. Um, he has so much Premier League experience. Um, though. This is, you know, defense, tremendous defensive attributes. Although other fullbacks are better going forward, he's a solid defender basically, and he's not, you know, he won't, you know, he's he's not going to do a Cessignon. Let's just say he's mm-hmm. gonna, you know, he'll 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 keep the shape. But
1: well if he can play both sides, though, which is well, it, it, handy, it,
3: it, ex- exactly. Can't that can't sign that any players absolute bonus for them it really was and then jordan cousins talking about versatile um i mean the great phrase they always say it's, he's a midfielder with a great engine on him as i say and he did a huge he did a really good job at right back he, mind you when you had Vizolek, he had, had vazolek playing ahead of him against derby who was causing all sorts of chaos at the other end so in a way that gave you know i think they seemed to they did work as quite a good as a, quite a good combination but primarily he was defensive in the Derby game, but um, he was dogged and determined was how they described him. Um, He's quick, he's tenacious. So he's good in that sense, but in a way he could be a good fullback. The the, The thing they said about him though, as a midfielder was that his player awareness and distribution are not great, but as a fullback, that may not be such an issue in that what you're trying to do is actually just link with your winger or link with the midfielder. So it may not be, you know, I don't know what his crossing is like that, that, that there was no discussion of that. Cause I don't think that's the role he was playing against, against Darby, but he could well slot in, in, in a fullback, you know, uh, uh, right back on on saturday this is going I'm going
1: out I'm going to out myself as a football manager nerd here but for those of you who were looking for right backs about 5 years ago in football manager whatever it was 2012 <laughs> John Cusack, Charlton was always a really good cheap right back option so mm. that's where I know him from so mm. I'm a bit I'm a bit surprised mm. to see him further up the field mm. I guess not mm. too surprised but he can play right back from from yeah. um, my from football manager which so is he has very that scientific. Experience.
3: He has that experience i heard one mad thing on talking to a football manager a friend of mine john he He bought, it was something like FIFA 2004 or whatever the game was called in those days. And he decided to set up Bristol Rovers team. But what he then did was he went around all of the European teams when you had players like Messi and Ronaldo. And they were all 16 and worth absolutely nothing. And he brought them all to Bristol Rovers (laughs) and he created this team with all of these Household names, and I don't know whether they, I don't know how the algorithms worked, but he basically they they did have a series of promotions, which you generally tend to have anyway in these games. But um, but it was absolutely hilarious. It was a really clever way of doing it. You don't know whether they had multipliers for their ability as they go through the years, but you know he has to say he literally trolled around and he was he was picking up. I think he had um. Oh, okay. who was uh, definitely there was definitely Messi, definitely Ronaldo. He had Mar- Royce, Royce, from Borussia Dortmund. You know these were and these players would have been 16 and 17 at the time and would have cost him half nothing because the computer would have let him buy them. And uh, he created this absolute wonder team. Anyway, sorry,
1: I was hoping they'd turn out uh, to be duffers, uh, but no, they weren't. Yeah. No,
3: they right. were. They went on. They went on a play. It was a it just was such a clever way of playing the game. I've never heard. Of, I mean, I've heard friends who've who've done that. You know, friends who've taken on. Taken over Norwich and basically trashed the team. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a different
3: kind of time wasting, that is, isn't it? It's absolutely, it's really sad. It's very really petty. It, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but that's the sorry. We've kind oh, gone off on a mad tangent there. But the no, the um, but that that's pretty much what that that that's pretty much all they have to throw at us in terms of in terms of uh, uh, looking uh, t- t- uh, just tying together uh, trying to get a QPR as I say a solid a solid forward the back three in midfield, a potential threat with Vizolek and Eze, um Hemet off the bench, probably. Um, Naki Wells up front with, with sort of his clever movement. And given how we wrote a look against Swansea and we, we did sort of more or less keep them, we did keep them out, you know, apart from that one moment in the second half, you would have thought that there's grounds for optimism that there's nothing there that we you know surely there's nothing there that we can't handle.
1: We've been there before though, haven't we, Harry? I know. That was brilliant. I know. Can we have a quick pause on uh, Steve, if we may? Is there any words on McLaren? He was he was linked with us pretty early on. I think the um, mm. the bookies were quite strong on him for Ipswich manager. Mm. I get, I've always taken the opinion that he's a, a probably a pretty decent first team coach maybe less so a football manager in the kind of Mick mould, but maybe he's figuring that out at QPR. But are, are they bought into the McLaren way of doing things at QPR?
3: Um, I think it's more along the lines of who else in the right mind would take this job on. <laughs> it's yeah. more that than anything else. There's, there's no great affection for him. They they respect and admire what he's doing. They they don't trust a word he says after a defeat, by the way. <laughs> um <laughs> so like Mick the thing about Mick the one good thing about Mick was if, if it was a pig he called it a pig you know if it was an absolute dire game of football Mick was the first man in the world to hold his hands up and say I'm sorry we stank today you know in his own way he'd, he'd phrase it but uh, but McLaren will dress things up in it was after the West Brom game I think he I said it yeah he's yeah. like oh,
1: no, we were good in patches against West Brom <laughs> what was the score <laughs> against Steve oh it's everyone oh, okay, yeah. we were good when it yeah. was one you know yeah um
3: they, they feel I don't know he's no great tactician I think that the four two three one shape they've come across was mainly through accident I think Hamid had to go off injured so they had to then switch to one up front and and a rejig which 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 landed them where they are um, though the coaching side might then come through if you see the combination starting to form as I say if you see Bijolek as a hem um uh naki wells you know, uh, freeman if they if he starts to blend an attacking dimension to the team because defensively there's you know the, the issue is the nine goals in twelve games mm. that's the problem they've got um but the jury's out with him at the moment, but the, their view as well is he's taken on an absolutely you know a job where you've got a makeshift squad you can't bring any players in there's you know who else are we going who else can we get in they did mention Mick actually you know we do that has come up but that was an just down the right indeed yeah that was that's true that that was an august conversation they had um and uh, but it's the, the you know and the the, the praise that the typical no-nonsense manager but others were saying you, you know you, we've we just got rid of holloway for mclaren getting rid of mclaren for mccarthy what's you know, is, is that really an upgrade um so um but uh, that that that, that discussion has died down really that that was an august conversation i think they were when they were genuinely frightened after the start that they'd had um but if that's all settled down they genuinely think they can get to sixth, six, fifth, sixth from bottom in the table and just put this season to bed and then see where they go next year when when they're out of the financial fair play sort of uh sort of out, out, out of the shackles of that yep. um yeah. Well, at least they're realistic. Yeah. Then that's oh they're Yeah, they are.
1: Yeah, oh, the yeah. the loft for words website as well. Brilliant, isn't it? Anyone it's looking fantastic. for a pre-match or post-match after the game, those yeah. guys do a really good, quite balanced write-up, don't they? So yeah, recommend yeah. Clive Whittingham
3: is brilliant. He's really, really good. He got certainly the match report will be well worth reading. He's got a Clive Whittingham has got a phenomenal turn of phrase. He really does. It's a and he'll, he's you know even if it's a game that doesn't involve your teams, you kind of you go on and enjoy reading them because he he can be he can he can he can he can be yeah he's very very funny very very funny. one
1: final thing to say on qpr as well is um look out for their awake it, which is not too dissimilar Gosh, to yes. the shade that i'm wearing this yes, evening exactly, i've just realized yes. <laughs> so if we uh yeah hopefully i'll jinx it it's i don't know but <sighs> um, yeah nice yeah. bright pink so do bring your sunglasses to portman road on yeah. saturday jules i've hope i think we've covered your question about um tell us about qpr and i think a little bit about how we can um Com- uh, well not combat them but at least take the game to them um josh asks um do you think we will be unchanged from the swansea game harry um
3: i yeah you it, i don't touch it just don't touch it i think i think as he's learned from middlesbrough uh, second half of middlesbrough he's found a bland a balance that works just 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 just, just go with it mm. injuries and illnesses uh, you know, allowing for those. They're the only changes I would make. Because there was there was discussion about somebody, another elusive player, has picked up a training ground knock. And then there was, take uh, Ch- Chambers. Uh, T- uh, Phil ran the story on TWTD that Chambers that. The Chambers has a. He's on the anti. He's, anti- he's got a some sort of a, a bug of some sort of a no. virus or, or antibiotics. He's he's picked up something anyway. So, but that apart, don't touch it. It's working. Yeah. And particularly against a team like Queens Park Rangers, they're not, you know, there's no reason why you would want to change it. You've got a good attacking balance to the team. Let's, and they're not, they're not going, to, you know, we're not going to be, well, it won't be like Leeds on Wednesday. We're not going to be weathering a storm, I would have thought. So therefore, we can actually, we can play on the front foot a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yep. Hopefully,
1: yeah, yeah I agree with that, and that means mm. Dizelle plays again, which is yeah. also good as well. And we yeah. haven't had too many questions. That's partly my fault for putting the tweet out so late. Not too many questions on us. Or QPR, um, I guess more about um, what's coming ahead and whether um, the Swansea game was a one-off. Um, quite a few questions along this kind of vein about um, from James, meaning about five games before the next international break. What can be considered a decent points tally? Um, I'm trying to think of the games we've got. Obviously, Leeds uh, Wednesday, then Millwall, um, Preston. Um, yeah, I think we've already said that there are winnable games coming up. So
3: yeah, Reading, Reading as well is in that mix. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's um it's a huge month. Um, I think Dave said it in the Q and A podcast earlier. It this this is a huge game on Saturday. Um, I've no doubts it is an absolutely massive game. Um, but I'd also say it's a massive week. Maybe Leeds, we'll see. But um, but Millwall next weekend as well. I think not just how we play, but how we do. I think more widely i mean i came away from the middlesbrough game really really worried um and swansea yeah. gave us gave us gave us a bridgehead um and i think it's vital that we we that we that we do that we do push on it's um what would i think i would hope i mean in terms of results you'd hope for two wins out of that group of games possibly eight points would be but I, that's what i'd be thinking of anyway you know allow for allow for maybe a bonus point here or a a draw in a game you might expect to win but eight points from that group of what is it five games or whatever that gets us more or less up to points parity i know ben loves the statistical model looking at the points per game you know how does it how does it mirror forward for the season that then gets us competitive and it stops us looking over our shoulder a small side point i'd make is the fact that hearst the win against swansea the nearest parallel i can get was a big win they had away to millwall in early in Hurst's time in Shrewsbury now again he took on a team that was an absolute mess he he didn't have a window to do anything with it so but it was very much it suddenly gave him a glimpse of what was achievable and it got him to the and then they picked up a few more results off the back of that it gave them some momentum Millwall at the time were doing really well it was a proper but the team played it was a feisty combative game and they, they matched Millwall blow for blow and that got them to the January window, and at the January window, then he brought in a series, a number of strikers. He that's when Inseala came in, but he also brought in Freddie Ladipo who was the guy from um, on loan from Crystal Palace, and he clicked and he won that he scored four in six games, I think it was, and they went on a bit of a winning run. It got them safe. It got them up to kind of 15th, 16th in League One. And then they started to cause problems for teams like Scunthorpe and some of the teams who were at the top of League One. And they started bleeding a few of their noses. So even though they were in a low position, teams really didn't look forward to playing them. And I, ho- I think that's Hurst's game plan. That's the best way I can put it. Got to hope for that, um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's the thinking anyway. But um, So hopefully, hopefully Swansea was that bridgehead. That was his Millwall moment in the sense that he was able to show, right... Okay, we've got something here now. Let's get let's get into that little cohort of teams away from the bottom three, and then he can use January then to to make whatever that next move forward was. Because he did that, he steadily built over all the different windows, and he wasn't afraid to he wasn't afraid to augment the squad. And of course, that's assuming Marcus and him can, can agree what's needed. But yeah. um, they're, they're fingers crossed on that anyway. But that's that's yeah, that's we'll see. But this this, but the, the, in that in that context. Building on Swansea is absolutely vital. It really yeah, is.
1: It is, yeah. Um, mm. We've already talked about the kind of mini um, relegation league that's at the bottom. Um, and mm. our friend Ben um, asks us um, how many out of these teams will finish outside of the bottom five. It lists Hull, <laughs> Reading, Rotherham, Bolton, and Ipswich. So yeah. God.
3: Reading, Reading are every team who have looked at when they've played. Reading have eviscerated them. They really have. But they picked up. They picked. But then Brentford fans were saying they they picked up a draw at Brent. Uh, Bre- uh, they, they picked up a draw. At no, it was um, it was, uh, was the. It, it was uh, the. Was, was QPR fans were saying that they picked up a draw at Brentford. Reading did, okay. and they just couldn't work. How you know you know what? Well, it's the championship isn't it? I don't know. Um, Rotherham are bless them. They're one niling their way. <laughs> they're good at home, aren't they? They're good at home. They're picking up. They're picking up points there. Um. Reading and Rotherham I would be the two I'd most fear hull have got some quality but then they don't sit but they're bottom of the table um i don't know what what was your take on hull
1: looking back at them now i was just sat there thinking these lot are rubbish and we're losing to them that was mm-hmm. my thinking um i think that we they got lucky because we were so bad that day rather than anything else but they've they've now started to sneak results here and there haven't they yeah um, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, they're all much of a muchness down there. There is always, there's, there's each of them have got something. This kind of fatal flaw, or or are still figuring things out, or you've got transfer embargoes, or you've got injury crises. No one has got a perfect situation at the moment, and I'm guess I'm looking at those five that he's mentioned, and who can do something about their situation, or whose situation's going to get worse. I'm yep. thinking Bolton's situation might get worse. Whole mm-hmm. situation might get worse. I'm not sure what Reading can do about their predicament. Rotherham seem to be quite steady and might just do about enough. And you've got to hope we are starting to build towards something. We'll find out on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But there, that would be my thought. Whole Reading, Bolton. I'm on, yeah, I think hmm,
3: it's tough. It- it's a, it's an interesting question, and it mirrors what Queens Park Rangers were saying. They were saying, you know, they, they were they were saying we need to be one of the great quotes they said was we need to be. Where was it He said um, we riding our luck and beating poor teams by being slightly less poor than them, <laughs> which I thought was a, very, a good way of putting it. And to some degree, that's that's. Yeah, you we're know, we're we're in that it's world. It's championship well. survival but, in yeah, a nutshell, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but you but you, but the thing is with us there it's an upside. This, there's a genuine upside when you compare it to some of these teams. You know some of them you're thinking, Well, for Reading it's pretty bleak. Rotherham are at the limit of their ability. Um whole you know, they seem to be just a collection of individuals. It's you think you, you think we do have an, enough of an upside to give us to give us hope.
1: Hmm. He's not mentioned Preston but I think we we're fairly confident that Preston are gonna yeah, yeah no Preston win,
3: no. I have I had a very early look at Millwall. I don't think Preston and Millwall will be I think Millwall had a quiet start last year and then they 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 once they got their team clicking then they they pushed away from the from near the bottom and I think Preston as well that 4-0 win they had against Wigan was almost right Right, enough of this nonsense. Let's get on and start winning some games. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we've yeah. given you a head start yeah. now. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. a
1: PS from Ben which I'll merge in from oh, uh, yeah. from Mikey as well. PS. What are you both doing on February the 16th? And then Mikey, um, our friend Mikey Smith, um, also says, is the Curve Bar a suitable place to take a loved one on a Valentine's Day weekend, Valentine's weekend date? And then he's given us some options. Strongly agree, agree, or don't know. Um, I'd I'd suggest the Curve Bar on the 16th of February is a very nice place to take anyone.
3: Strongly agree, strongly agree. Maybe a good Christmas present
1: option, perhaps, for the whole family.
3: I would have thought that too. I mean, you know, it's good... You know, with the person you love most, you know, they want you to be happy. So if if you're going to be happy at the Curve Bar on a Valentine's evening, well, I... I you know I can't see I, I can't see a problem with that at all. I think you know bones. then the ha- exactly <laughs> exactly then
1: happiness abounds.
3: So yeah, totally I totally agree. Good um, good 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 question.
1: They are good questions. Definitely not <laughs> compelled to read those out. Well, <clears throat> um, one final question, hopefully to end on a kind of a happy note or a happier note from what we were just talking about. Um, from mm-hmm. Ipswich Town, home and away, um, what is your favourite moment slash goal from this season so far? And do you think? Playing at home has brought us a huge advantage. Let's start with the favourite moment slash goal. Presumably, Swansea might be up there for you.
3: Well, that's a, it's the winning it's the winning goal again. It's 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 a it's it's a, it was a it's it's it shone out like a shaft of gold when all around was darkness. <laughs> <It> really, <did. laughs> if I can put it like that, it was a fantastic moment. No, it was uh, yeah, it was great to be hugging people um, after a late goal. It, you know, in a singularly Bleak season so far. That that's the one I would go for. Um, though the the equaliser against Brentford wasn't a bad. That's a that's a good second second place call because again you could suddenly say, hang on, there's you know there's there's something about us, and there was probably more quality in the Brentford goal than there would have been in the Swansea goal. Um, not that I'm just not that I'm saying anything about against the Swansea goal because that was that was what the what the We're what taken. the goal what the goal <laughs> at the Liberty represented. So that that that's for yeah. me. Where 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 are you on it?
1: Um, I'll use the um, the point on hugging um, mm. for Guion Edwards' goal against Norwich um, in the North Stand. Lower I was that day in the in the lovely sunshine, and um, no. for a moment, one glorious moment, we were beating Norwich at home. Um, hang on, so hang on. It might have hang been on. deflected, but um, yeah. I was definitely hugging strangers. And my brother-in-law, who's a Cole U fan, who was not particularly as excited as I was. So um, <laughs> that's his own fault for coming. <laughs> and and home well. advantage, do you think, as much in that?
3: Well, it used to be. I've always, I've always believed that under the lights we should have still played. I always say we should have played that playoff game against Norwich, on an, an as an evening game under the floodlights because it's worth a goal. Those mm. lights are worth a goal to us. Um,
1: it's a long it way be. to come, isn't it? I think that's that might be a factor. Yeah.
3: Mm, it does. It does make a difference. It's a. It's a proper theatrical ground. I love Portman Road. I absolutely love it. And it's a. It's a proper theatrical ground, as I say. Swansea's ground was lovely when I was there. First time I've been, it was proportional. It wasn't overbuilt. It wasn't. It, it wasn't plasticized the way that the Medeski is. And but it just. It still lacked it just lacked personality whereas Ipswich you know you've got the the, 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 the old sign up along oh, the wall on, yeah, uh, you yeah. know it's it's just it just echoes it's it it just has a proper echo of history about it. um yeah. no it's um i think it could be if and again doubling up on on the QPR thing a win a win against them um, you know a, a win a win on saturday against them would be absolutely fantastic for, to as much to get that whole momentum going as well and yeah. get i think home fans as well getting behind the team adds. it does really augment it they'll see right we we, we can also we can, the whole town can see we've got it's on now we've got a project up and running yeah
1: Brilliant. yeah um let's just do a minute or so on leeds because both of us will be at leeds yeah so if you find us at ellen road to come and say hello um mm-hmm. if you're of the ipswich persuasion obviously um tough game isn't it um, yeah,
3: it it will be. Um, I've been do- It's fascinating. I've been doing a bit of work on uh, Bielsa, Marcelo Bielsa, the manager. He's an absolute one-off. I'll leave just a couple of mad thoughts. I mean, you 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 know, great managers. I mean, Trapattoni's great great line, which summed up much of Italian football, was, "If you cannot win, it is important not to lose." That was his great line, which I absolutely adored. Um, and, uh, particularly when he was managing Ireland. But then, but Bielsa has another one of these. Absolutely profound comments. I mean, we have well, Bobby has his great one about what is a club, but this is this is Bielsa's. The possible we already have. Um, what we are we are doing the impossible. That's how we put it, uh, which is which is which is quite fantastic. Um, and they did say it was. Um, uh, this was from uh, Jonathan Wilson's great book on Argentinian football. He said that, he says uh, all of Bielsa's teams are doomed to follow the same. Um, uh, just get this right. He followed, he followed the same pattern: um, spreading at first bewilderment, then enlightenment, and finally exhaustion. Oh, so. big, <laughs> exhaustion, is that?
1: It sounds like so they, uh, yeah, run them. He runs uh, them into the ground. So that it just runs into the ground. It's mad and then depression. We <laughs>
3: Yeah, exactly. After that, you know, so but but Leeds, no, it's, it's you know, it's surely it's their year. Um, no, the, some of the stuff I mean, it's quite amazing. You know, when you know, the sheer intensity, not just physical but mental. They talked about it's a bit like um, Bournemouth with all of the coordinated movements, the the patterns that they learn. They talked at one stage about on a Friday before a game, uh, Fernando Llorente, I think, it was was saying this in 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 one, one comment. He talked about 120 different attacking. And defensive situations they would go through on the Friday before a weekend game, and that's 100. That's not that's 120 of each that they would look at. I mean, you know, your brain must be cooked playing playing into that system. But he does. But they say about him that at first he's tough, but by the end of it, um, you realise he's an absolute genius, and players love him for that. You know, he's so he's so utterly utterly driven. So as I say, it'll be interesting. As I say, Rich and I next week next week's um. Millwall show we'll be um, we'll, we'll have a proper look back and see how much of this madness was made manifest on the
1: field <laughs> well hopefully we'll figure out a way to give them 123 yeah. attacking mm. things to think about who knows yeah. um, Harry that was fantastic on QPR as always really fantastic piece of work there um, give a us a few plugs for your blog and your Twitter <coughs>
3: Um, yes, uh, uh, Friday lunchtime the uh, QPR notes will go up on TWTD, and you can then find them. I will link them as so I link everything I put up on um, at Harry from Bath. And you mentioned Loft for Words. I've done a. They, uh, Clive asked me to do a preview. I've been at large about Ipswich on Loft for Words, and I'll link that as well on my Twitter feed as well. I've done a. I've done a. a you know how the world is from a town point of view. So um, as I say, yes, that, that was a bit of fun to do as well.
1: Fantastic. Um, you can follow me at Ipswich. Um and the channel at Blue Monday ITFC on Twitter. Don't forget about Turnstile Blues on Saturday and our podcast our live podcast on the sixteenth of February as well. Um Harry, I will see you on Wednesday night in the cold north. Um Love hopefully him. with a win <laughs> under our belts from Saturday. Fingers crossed. Brilliant. Have a great weekend everyone.